Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. I'm especially excited because I'm a Jane Austen fan, and today we are talking about the Netflix original movie, Persuasion, starring Dakota Johnson as Anne Elliot, Cosmo Jarvis as Captain Frederick Wentworth, Henry Golding as Mr. William Elliot, Richard E. Grant as Sir Walter Elliot, and Nikki Amuka Bird as Lady Russell. Have you read the book Persuasion? No, not at all. I haven't read anything Jane Austen in the history of ever. This isn't my wheelhouse. So I went into it with an open mind, not knowing what to expect. And I feel like for anybody who hasn't read any Jane Austen, this is like the perfect introduction to it, to her genre in particular. Okay. So this story follows Anne Elliot. She's an English woman and she's 27 years old, which is a little bit older than the typical heroine that Jane Austen usually writes. So when expenses become too much for her family, they move and rent their home out to an admiral and his wife. And the wife's brother is named Frederick Wentworth. And Anne was once engaged to him seven years prior to when the story starts. So this is a story about second chances. And because this was Jane Austen's last completed novel before she died, she died, I think at 38, it was before she was 40. Okay. Her writing is a little bit more mature and Anne is a little bit more of a, a woman that's able to kind of make her own decisions. So she was persuaded not to marry Wentworth when she was 20 years old, but now that she's 27, she's able to choose what she really wants for herself. And so you can see that the writing of this character is more mature. I mean, she has emotions, but she's not emotionally making emotional decisions or being immature. You would see in the movie, Emma, where that character is very much not as mature. I feel like Dakota Johnson did a really good job as Anne. I thought the whole cast was great. I, you mentioned that you saw some negative comments and and critiques. I saw a few headlines that were like, hold your pitchforks. And I was like, what's the big deal? It, I thought it was really good. I was immersed in it. It wasn't too long. It was a little over an hour and a half. I thought it had really good comedic timing. The pacing was great. Yeah. I thought this was like the perfect Jane Austen starter kit movie. But I think what critics typically don't like is when you break the fourth wall, when the actor talks to the camera, there was a huge controversy over that. And people were saying that they ruined this Jane Austen movie and art is subjective. There's a different way to approach everything. And, and some Jane Austen movies are super dramatic, but the way that persuasion is written is you keep getting into these awkward situations with each other that are somewhat humorous that keeps bringing them back together. And they did show that awkwardness and the humor in that. Here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. This is your spoiler alert. We are talking about persuasion and let's get into it. I honestly liked the inner dialogue because her talking to the camera, because when we are reading a book, you can read the narrative. We've seen this in Outlander where it's, it's voiceover. They could right. have done voiceover, but there's so much going on on the inside and they decided to just say it to the camera. We saw this in Enola Holmes and it worked and it's funny. It's not satirical. It's just a different way of telling the story and narrating the story. Anybody who's watched The Office 
we're used to that. And yeah. that's the last thing I would expect in a Jane Austen anything, mm-hmm. but I thought it added a lot of comedic flair to it. And I was yeah. like, I thought this was great. I also loved, and this is just me being nitpicky with fonts and typefaces, how every time they went to a different city, they used the bold Helvetica font to highlight where they were. And I was like, that is gorgeous. I loved that. It gave it oh. a very modern tone, you know, cause you feel like you're watching a modern movie, but you're not, you're watching a movie that's, you know, set in the 1800s and it was fun. It was so much fun. And I mean, to see a basic, but make it Jane Austen, <laughs> Jane mm-hmm. Austen esque. And I was like, I love this. I need more of this. Do you see the newer version of Emma that just came out? No, I think probably the end of last year. Mm-mm. Yeah. So Anna Taylor joy was in that. She was the one who was in the queen's gambit. She played. Oh, Emma. okay. So Gwyneth Paltrow also played Emma a long time ago, but that's, that's a good starter movie as well, but you can see how the growth between the characters, how mm-hmm. Emma's very immature. And then Anne is more mature, but those are both good starter movies. Pride and Prejudice is probably her most romantic and shiny movie, I would say, or that's how right. Jane Austen herself described it as her, her shiniest romance, but they're all great. The cinematography in this movie, it was really lovely. It had that elegant feel of an English historical fiction piece, but also that modern twist with the font and then the humor and the dialogue. And then at the end, when she's on the hill with Wentworth, it had that vibe of, you know, how you see those wedding videos nowadays, the more modern ones. Yes. Oh, this is just beautiful. It had those Instagram vibes that we all love. And she's just on the top of that hill with her love. All of the miscommunications are set straight. And this is something about Jane Austen that I love that there's all these miscommunications or things that happen and that happens in life. It really does. And then everything kind of comes together at the right moment. Just the look on his face, on Wentworth's face, when he's hugging Anne and kissing her is this long love and he never wavered and you see it in his face. And I was like, oh, they got me. They got me. I mean, it wasn't hard because I love Jane Austen. The way they did that scene was just beautiful. To put it mildly, Wentworth did absolutely nothing for me. I was like, meh, all right. Greener pastures with Henry Golding. Got it. They were both (laughs) awkward. Dakota Johnson's character and then Cosmo Jarvis, they both played that awkward character well. You could see why they clicked with each other because they're both kind of awkward. I'm just going to be honest, like this might be blasphemy to you, but Henry Golding, this is the first movie where he did not do it for me. Really? He just, uh, he was a slime ball in this movie and I just was not there for it. And while Cosmo Jarvis is not like my typical type and he was very awkward, I believed in their love. And oh, right. Like I believed in their love. So I was rooting for him. And I remember in the book, he came across much more stoic because the inner dialogue for him isn't there because it's from Anne's point of view. And that's why I love book to screen adaptations because you can see his face Mm -hmm. and watch his face. And he's just like stares at her, like, what am I going to do? Is she going to love me? You know, you can just see the the yearning in his face and you can't see yearning on someone's face in a book. Yeah. Henry and Golding will always do it for me, but I (laughs) all day, every day, I see the love that you were talking about between Mm -hmm. Wentworth and Anne and I get it. They were meant for each other. Ride or dies. Totally get that. I loved how quickly she wrote Henry Golding's character off the second he was making out with Penelope Clay. Mm -hmm. She's like, I hope you two are very happy together. (laughs) Have a great life. Sounds great. Talk to you later. 
And he just brushed it off just as quickly too. Oh, all right. Have a great Tuesday. And went back to his day between, I don't know if they could have found a better Wentworth. When you read Wentworth, who did you mentally cast as Wentworth? I don't usually do mental casting, Oh, that's but it was, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, I make up somebody in my head, sort of he fit it because he fit with her. Okay. So had it been a different actress, mm-hmm. I might've wanted a different person, but they just had kind of this shared awkwardness. Like they fit together to me. So it made sense. If the love makes sense and seems real and fits together, then, then I can believe it and get on board with it. Spoken like a true casting director. Cause that's, that's my mindset of like, well, these might not be the people that we had in mind for the role, but the chemistry is there. And I did see the chemistry there. My next question for you Mm -hmm. was how did it compare to the book? In terms of, did they get everything that was in the book on screen? It's it's faster paced. The way everything comes together right at the end was, you know, very fast. It's like, boom, 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 done. But it was enough to where I was satisfied with it. And you get those funny, awkward English moments of they're sitting there with their noble aunt and and cousin. And it's like, nobody's talking. And then, but the essence of Anne, I feel was there and they brought a little more zest to it, which I liked. Okay. And there's just, you know, a little bit more life to it. And especially if you're reading an unabridged version of Jane Austen, it can be a little bit slow because the way that she can say something so simple, but add 20 extra words. Okay. And you're like, wait, what is she trying to say here? And you're like, oh, okay, got it. it." You know, you have to figure it out. It moves, you know, very quickly in the movie. How much of the book made it to screen? I mean, the whole story's there. Okay. It's been a while since I've read it, but the biggest things that I remember is Wentworth seeming a lot more stoic and inaccessible. Okay. I loved the plot twist, Louisa and Captain Mm -hmm. Nedwick. Did not see that coming at all either. And I was like, Oh, now it makes sense. Those are those misunderstandings that Jane Austen is so good at creating, weaving those little storylines and letting everything come together. I'm just surprised that lady Russell kind of let her believe that it was Wentworth in that scene. She knew it wasn't Wentworth. Was she confused too? I don't know. Or maybe she was misleading her again intentionally to aim, aim higher. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think she was because she apologized. Right. So, and that character, she didn't seem ill-intentioned. Like, I think she really wanted the best for Anne, but like either she was under the wrong impression or just didn't know. How did it go in the book? I don't think it was her that told her that. Oh, okay. I loved how self-absorbed Anne's family was Mm -hmm. across the board. I was laughing so hard how direct they were, which again, just added to that fourth wall comedic timing. Was it like that in the book? I mean, not the fourth wall aspect of it, but how self-absorbed her sisters were and her dad. Yes. And the spending of spending too much money and, and things like that. Kind of the outrageous family that you see in Pride and Prejudice. Because I think a lot of the characters were self-absorbed in their own way. Even when Wentworth pointed out to Louisa how she has a lot of pride and you must not know Anne at all. And I was yet everybody just, there was like this very subtle theme of selfishness and it never crossed my mind that that would be a theme. You know, those misunderstandings that she creates where people make these judgments about why something happened, Wentworth saying to Louisa, you know, basically implying, you know, she wanted something better than him, but she let herself be persuaded and she regretted it. So she did make a mistake and he was still hurt by that. So what he was saying to Louisa was coming from a place of, of hurt 
and judgment towards her because, you know, she did regret that mistake. And maybe that was a little bit selfish of her and she regretted it every moment. And she never really got to apologize to him and we don't get to see that. And so I think with, you know, misunderstanding people get hurt and their pride gets hurt. So they kind of act out in a prideful way, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it is kind of a theme. It's very English. Don't talk about your feelings, just act prideful about it and blame others as they were in the carriage. And he was just going on and on about how Louisa was just painfully in love with him. And, oh, it was my selfish ego that just let her fall for me. And I was like, you, this is such a buzzkill to hear a dude go on and on. It's like, oh, I just have this power over women. He wasn't wrong. Right. Because Louisa was falling all over him and being super obvious about it. Who who starts learning about boats just for fun? Somebody that's trying to win over a sailor. Louisa even made the comment of act like you're not smart. Mm -hmm. Act like you don't know how to use utensils. And I was like, oh, oh no. Okay. That part might've been slightly satirical because that was what women would do to get him. Right. Like you want to get an offer of marriage and you have to kind of do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to do that because that's how you secure your life and your future. So it's kind of making fun of that a little bit, but I have to say, I loved Dakota Johnson in this role. And this was not an easy role to do talking to the camera. You kind of, if you just decide to go on this journey with her, you won't be sorry. I thoroughly enjoyed her in this role. Mm -hmm. I thought this is something that she's never done either. Right. So it was nice to see her get out of her comfort zone. Yeah. And do that crossover into a British film. Gwyneth Paltrow did it. A lot of the greats have done that. Mm -hmm. And I loved seeing her this range. She's come a long way since 50 shades of gray. Overall. I love this movie. It was just, it's like my favorite genre of movie. When I saw this come up on my Netflix preview list, I was like, Oh, Lauren's cup of tea. (laughs) Yes. When I watched the trailer, I was like, I could sit through this. Yeah, this isn't bad. And so I recommend it for anybody who wants to get out of their comfort zone go for it. It's an hour and a half out of your day. And if you're a lover of romance novels and Jane Austen, this is definitely the the movie for you. You're going to love it. It's on Netflix. Watch this movie. The Fangirls podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Jane Austen, and more, you are sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. We are offering 10% off our Etsy store with the code FANGIRL. The link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. The Fangirls podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fanguys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you. So connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all of the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called the fangirls favorite things inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following, Netflix or Jane Austen. Just really big fan. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.